the environment. I like to say that the world's consumption is the sum of all local consumption. And as a consequence, if we're going to deal with global climate change, we need to deal with climate change on a local level. And that's why, San Francisco, we've established a local global climate action plan to roll back our CO2 emissions 20% below 1990 levels by 2012, twice as far as the Kyoto Protocols. But we believe this local climate action plan is a model to the nation. We've initiated through a blueprint we call SF Forward, a blueprint to a brighter future, a five-year plan to get us to where we want to go and beyond. But I want to just say this. So many politicians like me, so many mayors up and down the state of California across this country have been saying the same things. But so few have been able to measure their CO2 footprint and their progress as San Francisco has been able to do so. We recently just submitted our greenhouse gas emissions, our CO2 footprint to a third party. And as a consequence, we were able to determine that already here in 2008, that we have already rolled back our CO2 emission levels 6% below 1990 levels here in 2008. 6% below 1990 levels. A city that has a population that's grown by 100,000, a city where we had a record amount of visitors, 16.1 million visitors last year, 475 new high-tech companies have moved in the city during the same time, yet we've been able to reduce, as we've grown our economy, we've been able to reduce our CO2 footprint below 1990 levels already. Uh, we're proud of that, and I say that not to impress uh, upon you, but rather to impress you, but impress upon you, that we have been able to do it not by costing the economy again, but by growing the economy. And I think that so much of that has been exampled by this plan. Now let's talk about this plan in a little bit more detail. One of the things we've done in 2008 is we've led the way, not just again with the global vision for the environment, but the specific initiation environmental programs. One is our green building program. We were one of the first cities in America to establish a green building program for municipally owned buildings. I'm actually standing in one here at the new Academy of Sciences, a lead platinum building, one of the highest levels of LEED certification, environmental certifications that exists. In San Francisco, we say that's great for municipal buildings like this, privately funded primarily, but nonetheless city owned. What about all those private sector buildings that are being done? We want to meet similar LEED certification. So we actually have the most aggressive green building standards now in the United States of America, starting with LEED certification, going up to LEED Gold by 2012. Again, an example of a partnership with the private sector that builds trust, builds the opportunity to have the private sector become a model in terms of their ingenuity and their innovative practices for the rest of the state and the country, but that meets our environmental goals and meets the new standards of environmental stewardship that we believe can achieve great results when it's scaled. So again, green building standards is one of the things I'm most proud of uh, this year uh, as it relates to our advancements on the environment. Another area is the solar uh, initiative. We just became the most aggressive city in the United States of America as it relates to solar rebates. We'll provide up to $6,000 solar rebates for individuals uh, that meet our needs in terms of green collar jobs and workforce training jobs. You can get solar rebates three, four, five, and six thousand dollar direct rebates that match the state rebates and the recently extended federal rebates that make it very inexpensive to put solar uh, on your roofs in San Francisco. But you get only the highest 
rebate, $6,000, if you support our workforce training programs to lock those that have been locked out of the industrial economy, to lock those into this new green sustainable economy. So we are able to twin our workforce training, our green collar jobs focus, our environmental justice focus, and focus on our environmental uh, framework and stewardship in a way that I also think um, is an example to others to follow. This solar plan, please learn more about it, uh, I think is a model to others. And one way to learn more about it is to go to our website, solarmap.org. You can actually, through Google Maps, go, if you live in San Francisco, you can go and type in your address and determine exactly what your solar footprint looks like. And we'll actually type up where you can get the solar installed, what the incentive programs are that exist, and how we can price it competitively for you. Again, a brand new system uh, that CH2M Hill helped put, us, uh, put together uh, with the city uh, that we just think is a phenomenal uh, opportunity uh, to make it as easy as possible for you to put solar on your roof, solarmap.org. Another area where we're trying to lead by example is recycling. We already have the highest recycling rates in the United States of America, 70% recycling rates. That's great. In fact, we were 35% in 1996. No one thought we could do 50%. Certainly, few people think we can do 75%. Once you hit 70%, it's very difficult incrementally to get to 71, 72, 75% without dramatically changing the way you do business. So in an effort to get to that next level, we are going through a very controversial phase uh, of initiating, this is something I put uh, to our Board of Supervisors for support and consideration, a requirement on recycling that you do composting. All private residents and businesses would be forced to compost. Now, you've been forced to have garbage pickup since the mid-1930s. In fact, 30, 1932, uh, we initiated requirements, uh, early 1930s, that you have to have garbage pickups. The idea that we have not required recycling is actually not necessarily unique, but by no means uh, something that has not been done. In fact, Seattle and other parts of the country have required recycling, but no one's required recycling that includes composting. We haven't required recycling in the past. We got to 70% through incentives and promotions and education, but in order to get to 75% and then to zero waste, by 2020, mark my words, it's possible. I won't be here as mayor, but I think the next mayor can raise the bar. I'll try to get it to 73 to 75% before they kick me out. Uh, but we can get to zero uh, by being more aggressive. But composting will be the first uh, part of that effort. And that's why we hope uh, in the early part of next year to get that Board of Supervisors to support this composting legislation. Uh, but already 70%, that's something to be proud of in the state of the city. Some of the areas we've been getting a lot of attention in terms of recycling are the bottled water ban. We're not purchasing bottled waters, uh, water bottles uh, for municipal uh, use. Uh, it's something I advanced with the U.S. Conference of Mayors, Mayor Bloomberg and Mayor Daley and others, uh, co-sponsoring legislation to do the same in their cities. Why are we spending money on water bottles when we get money, uh, uh, we can put money back in people's pockets and then get folks to just use their tap water, which is some of the cleanest, greenest water that exists that comes from a 167-mile gravity-fed system up in Hetchetchy, which is actually more regulated than most of the bottled water you get, which is indeed not even tap water, because most of the bottled water in this country comes from New York State, and it's actually tap water that has less 
restrictions and regulations and requirements uh, for purity than tap water does. We spend more money, we ship it, in some cases overseas, it increases our environmental uh, footprint, and we spend 10,000 times more than we would if we just used the tap. 10,000 times more in some cases uh, for bottled water. Uh, we want to lead uh, this country, and we have in terms of raising the bar and raising awareness on this issue, just as we have plastic bags. Uh, banning plastic bags. This I want to thank Jared Broomfeld, uh, Director of Department of Environment. He came up with this idea a couple of years ago. Supervisor Ross Mercarimi picked up on it to his credit uh, and the Board of Supervisors and advanced this initiative to become the first city to ban plastic bags. I couldn't be more proud of this legislation. Uh, I know it's frustrating some folks that go to some of these pharmacies and have um, paper bags and not plastic bags, but plastic bags end up looking like this, they end up off the coast. Uh, and recently, incidentally, uh, we were out in China. China has now banned plastic bags throughout their entire country. You actually have to pay a premium. Uh, Ireland does the same thing if you're going to use plastic bags. Uh, again, people say, well, what can a city do? Well, a city can lead by example and actually make a much bigger difference when a city uh, program is scaled at a national level, particularly in a uh, country with 1.3 plus billion people, China. Another area we've led the way is Styrofoam. Supervisor, um, uh, uh, the president of the board, Supervisor Aaron Peskin, uh, introduce this legislation. Again, I want to thank the incredible leadership of Jared Bloomfeld who came up with this concept and idea at the Department of Environment and the great commissioners at the Department of Environment. Uh, this is a way of reducing styrofoam containers that also end up in the landfill, uh, takeout containers. Uh, this is something I hope other cities can do uh, a similar job at advancing. Another area where we're uh, doing a lot, and this is a lot of fun, is biodiesels and biofuels. Um, we've already converted our entire uh, vehicle fleet, uh, our diesel fleet to biodiesel, B20. We have the largest biodiesel fleet in the United States of America. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the transportation section. But we want to do better. And we're not just doing more. We want to do better in this context. Uh, do better by not getting um, into the food debate around biodiesel, but get into the waste food debate. We have something called a grease cycle program. I think some 500, 541 restaurants are using our grease cycle program. 1.5 million gallons a year are picked up from waste oil and uh, uh, that comes in vats in the back of restaurants. And we're taking that, we're picking it up for free for restaurants, and then we're converting it into biodiesel. And we're putting that biodiesel again uh, into our uh, public transit fleet, as well as, interestingly, some ambulances and fire engines and some people movers out at the zoo, et cetera, and some other trucks, um, heavy-duty uh, trucks in our system. We are going to take it to the next level. That's 1.5 million gallons through the Grease Cycle program and this partnership with restaurants, this fat oil and grease program. But we're gonna we just we're gonna do something more next year. We just partnered with Darlene International and that's to do ten million gallons of biofuels uh, from also fat oil and grease as well as uh, livestock that has passed away. It, it's a tough business, the biodiesel business. Uh, but again, we want a, a looped system. This will be in Bayview Hunters Point. Uh, we just signed the deal with Darling, 10 million gallons a year of biodiesel that we'll manufacture internally for ourselves uh, so we have a looped cycle within the city. And we're going to create real 
jobs again for folks, green collar jobs out in the southeast sector in Bayview Hunters Point, job training opportunities similar to the ones incidentally we do for recycling that are also green collar jobs. You talk about green collar jobs, go down to Pier 96 in the recycling center. We're going to do it for biodiesel as well. Uh, this is an exciting area. It's one where we're going to continue, I think, to do even more uh, into the future. Again, I hate keep saying leading the way, but I think in this one uh, we're raising the bar at least, and I hope other cities will follow and do even more. I mentioned that we're doing it. Uh, in our public transit fleet. We're already there. Uh, the number one uh, public transit uh, fleet with biodiesel uh, in the country. Something else we've done is we've decided to reconcile these carbon funds. You know, you feel guilty. You're driving that old combustion engine, internal combustion engine, and or you're flying around the world, or you're flying to visit a friend during Thanksgiving or Christmas or holiday season, and you feel guilty and you try to buy some carbon offsets. But sometimes those offsets go to rainforests, uh, in other countries or go to offset um, someone else's carbon emissions by putting a tree in some other country in some other community. What about a local carbon offset plan so that you could buy offsets that go right back into your community? We also have uh, exampled, I think, a first in the nation local carbon fund to offset uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, locally. And we're doing it in biodiesel and we're doing it in solar. Uh, it's something that uh, citizens of San Francisco can purchase. Uh, and we're starting with city employees first. So every time someone travels on city business, you have to buy an offset of the greenhouse gas emissions uh, associated with that travel. And then it goes into this local fund to plant trees locally and do biodiesel here locally. Again, we're going to scale it to the private sector next year, but it's something that I look forward to sharing more uh, 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 with others uh, into the new year. It's something to look forward to. Wind power is another area where we're trying to lead the way. I don't know if people know this. We have urban wind farms in San Francisco, Bernal Heights in the Mission District. Uh, we actually have localized uh, wind. You can see there's three uh, vertical axis turbines in the homes in Bernal Heights. We've got one in the Mission area. Uh, we've got one up there at Randall Museum. Uh, we're also going to be doing a lot more in this Civic Center Sustainable District, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, in addition to Treasure Island, which I'll talk about in this section, as well as the economic development section, uh, to do more wind generation. So winds farms are not just these farms you see in the slide, uh, but they're components of our backyards, components of our front yards, components of our buildings in an urban environment. Uh, we have this great task force that we've convened, this wind power task force. They're going to come up with more recommendations in the new year. This is something I'm pretty excited about. Again, rethinking, reimagining urban wind generation, not just up in suburban and rural areas. Wave generation is another area. We've been talking a lot about this. We've got a buoy, a Doppler system. It's about five miles off Ocean, ocean Beach. Uh, it's been out there for a couple months now. It's it's going to be back in February of 2009. We're going to pull this system out. And we're going to determine the capacity to generate energy from waves. Talk about green renewable energy source. People are talking about drill, baby, drill. Not out here in San Francisco. Uh, I look forward to the day we get rid of those oil platforms off the coast of California and we've converted them all to wave generating, green, benign wave generation. San Francisco wants to lead the way in wave generation and we've got a big project, we hope, early part of next year. In addition, we want to do the same thing for tidal. I've talked a lot about this, in fact, even more than I've talked about the wave generation. Uh, we want to put at the mouth of the Golden Gate, right below the Golden Gate Bridge, in the northern section of the bridge, um, we've identified through uh, Doppler radar 
about a 150-foot ridge uh, that goes underwater, and the water pressure goes right above that ridge, and that seems to be the ideal part right again on the northern part of the, uh, the mouth of the bay uh, on the northern uh, span of the Golden Gate Bridge right below it. And we look to do a demonstration project sometime next year as well. Uh, we've already identified, uh, again, that ridge. We've already done uh, some, uh, a lot of studies, boy, all kinds of studies on this. Uh, and we're looking to do this um, first phase pilot that can generate up to uh, enough energy to power one to 2,000 homes in San Francisco, just as one green renewable source of energy. So again, thinking differently, looking at different technologies, wind um, as well uh, as wave, as well as tidal. Uh, another area to talk about low-hanging fruit is energy efficiency. We have Power Savers program, Power Watch program. Uh, we've been doing a lot of things, including banning T12s. Uh, we've moved away from the incandescent to the fluorescent issue. Now it's talking about what type of bulbs uh, we're actually banning. T12, those thicker, long bulbs. We're going to do just T8s. That's new legislation that's pending approval. I hope the Board of Supervisors will support our energy efficiency programs. Uh, we think are really a model for the rest of the state. Great partnerships with PG&E, partnerships with the Public Utilities Commission, free energy audits. Anyone who wants to learn more about free energy audits, just call 311 and ask for free energy audits. And then if you're eligible, you can get all those bulbs free to be swapped, reduce your energy bills, reduce your greenhouse gas emissions, help us reduce our CO2 emissions for a city. Um, a lot of good things happening here. And we have something next year. I can't talk about it now. Uh, we call it Green Building 2.0, um, a version of what we're doing on the Green Building Construction Standards, now trying to get the operation of buildings. It's not a carbon tax, but a version, a hybrid version, of reducing emissions coming out of existing buildings, which is an area we must do more with, uh, and energy efficiency uh, will lead the way. And again, something in the new year that I look forward to talking more about, as well as doing more on alternative fuel vehicles. You all know that Mayor Bloomberg in New York announced that he's going to get rid of his taxi cab fleet um, in New York City and convert it to alternative cab fleet. Uh, we initiated that a year prior. We codified that through legislation uh, recently. We should have our entire taxi cab fleet converted uh, by 2011. I conservatively say 75% by 2011, uh, but I think we'll be, uh, we'll be all the way there by the end of 2010. Uh, these cabs convert. They only last a few years, and as they convert, we now automatically have to have alternative fuel uh, vehicles as part of our taxi fleet. This is an area where, again, I think uh, San Francisco um, has led the way and where we can uh, work with other cities to do even more. Electric vehicles, generally speaking, uh, we just had Shai Gassi in and others, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., talking about a billion-dollar investment into San Francisco Bay Area region to become the epicenter for electric vehicles in the United States of America, arguably the world. Uh, we're talking about going to a gas station and not just having to fill up a tank of gas, but actually going to a gas station, call them now switch stations, where you can literally open up a trunk uh, of your hood and flip out the battery and within the same time it takes you to pump a tank of gas with oil, uh, petroleum based products uh, or just uh, some kind of processed gasoline, you can do the same thing uh, to recharge 
your car by simply replacing the old battery with a recharged battery and actually getting out of there in the same or uh, a shorter period of time. These switching stations, um, we're talking about putting 100 to 200, at least Project Better Places, throughout the Bay Area. So that addresses the range issue or the lack of it for electric vehicles. We've also worked with all kinds of other uh, private sector organizations that want to do similar uh, electric uh, grid strategies or electrification strategies or do charging stations throughout our city uh, in parking meters where you can charge at parking meters you can get priority parking spaces at parking garages you can get discounts uh, in terms of your monthly uh, uh, parking uh, privileges you can potentially get tax breaks for doing electric vehicles uh, you can use utility poles lighting poles uh, in the city and you can actually plug in your car there uh, this is all part of our initiative and effort to become, again, the epicenter in the United States uh, for electric vehicles by 2010, uh, a program that we're very, very proud of. Uh, in addition to that, we're trying to do more with car share. You know, for every um, uh, car uh, that car share uh, uh, provides, this car right here, it represents 15 cars off the road, meaning you have that many people that would need their car that now don't need their car if they share this car. Uh, we have 35 plus thousand unique users of car share. We have multiple car share programs in San Francisco. We want to scale this to the next level. It's been a great success story in 2006, 7, and 8. Uh, 2009, we want to get more city employees uh, using car share program as well. Our bike plans. They're really starting to take shape, uh, but the problem is we can't do anything with them because of this injunction. And with all due respect to the person who forced us in the injunction, um, we uh, are not deviating from our commitment to do more uh, with bicycling in our city, even though you have delayed us. But as the old adage goes, God's delays are not God's denials. And in the mid part of next year, we will be lifted from that because we'll have done the environmental work. We have 60 specific projects. We're going to double the total number of striped bike lanes in our city. We're going to add more free bikes uh, through our transit shelter program. And I'm going to talk about that in the transportation section. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more in terms of safety initiatives. All of that just waiting, ready to go, uh, all to initiate the 2010 goal and date to have completed uh, this effort. 43% increase in the last year we've seen of people commuting uh, with their bicycles. Uh, even though we haven't been able to do all what we wanted to do, we've still seen that kind of increase. Uh, this is an exciting area of growth in our city, and we're absolutely committed. And they're a big part of our environmental initiatives, as is the investment in the private sector. Clean tech. Uh, look, this is the heart and soul of clean tech investment in the United States of America, which makes it the heart and soul of investment in the world, Northern California. We have 118 now clean tech companies in our city. Uh, we had SunTech which is the largest photovoltaic manufacturer, one of the largest in the world, certainly the largest in China, decided to locate their headquarter companies here in San Francisco. We have tax incentives, tax breaks for green tech companies. We just came back from China, and we just announced our next solar uh, installer manufacturer, Trina uh, Solar, is also going to be moving in the city. These are just the type of announcements we want more of. We talk about this new sustainable economy. We talk about green-collar jobs. These are just examples of where we can do more 
and do better. Again, all supported by these statistics you see above. All these VC firms, venture capital firms, all clustered in the San Francisco Bay Area. This is what the next president will be talking about, Barack Obama. This is what Governor Schwarzenegger, to his credit, has been talking a lot about, and the next governor will be talking more about. This is an opportunity for us to truly lead the renaissance in terms of our economic conditions and the changes we want to see in terms of our climate and to twin the two in a meaningful way and focus on environmental justice at the same time, focus on poverty eradication and focus on the issues of race and the inequalities the same. Uh, this is the tech sector that again is now taking shape in our city. We're not just talking about it, we're finally doing something about it. And these are, by the way, just examples of some of those companies that are already in the city. Uh, just proving that this is not just some pipe dream, this is not something that uh, doesn't exist, this is something that absolutely exists in our own backyard, San Francisco. We've also built partnerships with the region. We do something called BC3. This is a partnership uh, with private sector and from Google, PG&E, The Gap. You can see even my friend Cliff Waldeck, Waldeck Stationaries. Uh, he's partnered with us on this business council. We're working with the United Nations on this business council. Again, building more capacity, building more partners uh, in terms of the business community being part of the solution to environmental stewardship. Another area is partnership that uh, we did with Cisco, another Bay Area firm, John Chambers, to his credit, said we want to help you work to the Clinton Foundation, uh, Seoul, uh, Korea, and San Francisco, the two principal areas to build this partnership. They did this connected bus, which has 95 percent reductions in CO2 and NOx emissions. Uh, it actually has a counter on there where you can actually read out in real time the environmental footprint of the bus. It has next bus or next muni technology so you know exactly where you are vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the next stop and how long you're going to be delayed or how long uh, it's going to take to get to your new uh, stop. It also has free Wi-Fi uh, capacity on these buses. This is the next generation of buses twinning technology in the environment, areas uh, where we're building these partnerships. We're doing the same, by the way, for our Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau is one of these green businesses uh, that deserves a lot of uh, recognition uh, for leading the way. You go down to Moscone Convention Facilities, it's compostable, uh, compostable um, uh, wares that they use, so you, you get your napkins, you get your uh, forks and knives, it's all compostable, even the cups that you use for your coffee and water, etc. Uh, again, just examples where the private sector uh, comes together and uh, connects with our tourist uh, community uh, to do more and do better. Uh, we have this website through the Convention of Visitors Bureau called Green SF, and we talk about the uh, hybrid taxi solar-powered convention facility. In fact, the largest municipally owned solar uh, project in America is on the Moscone uh, Convention Center. Again, leading by example, Convention of Visitors Bureau Joe D'Alessandro and others are uh, really doing a magnificent job. I'm very, very proud of them, and we, I think, all have a lot to, to be proud of uh, about them. Another area is these uh, uh, phthalates, or phthalates. I'm very bad at pronouncing it. This is another area where you, people say, well, what can a city do? And we brought up plastic bags, plastic water bottles. Uh, this is about plastic toys. You know, in 1999, Europe banned uh, the use of uh, phthalates uh, in the production of toys and plastics. And the United States didn't do anything uh, for years and years and years. San Francisco 
decided to lead the way. Our Board of Supervisors, to their credit, we led the way uh, here in the city. And then Fiona Ma, again, Assemblywoman Ma, took it to the state level and actually passed a ban uh, modeled after San Francisco for the state of California. And then Senator Feinstein, former mayor of San Francisco, decided to introduce that ban nationally. So we finally went full circle. This country nowhere to be found on the issue. San Francisco leading the way. California moving forward, then the rest of the nation. It's just an example of something that I thought I'd highlight uh, because it gives you some sense of confidence that sometimes uh, you wonder if people are noticing what you're doing. Sometimes they actually really are. And again, not just plastic bags and water bottles, but with this very important area uh, that has uh, made our children safer. Another area of the environment, again, is streets and our greening initiatives, planting more trees, our 25,000 uh, uh, mature or adolescent uh, uh, trees, not just little seedlings, but real trees that we're planting throughout the city uh, and these greening initiatives to make our streets much more attractive. We have a big initiative, median strips, gateways, hanging baskets you'll see all around the city. Uh, there's the median strips that are being redone in our city. Here's the $14 million of federal dollars that we've received for new median strips and uh, new uh, uh, investments in uh, San Bruno Avenue and Van Ness Avenue, Polk and Leland, Ocean Avenue, Cesar Chavez. Uh, you're seeing that. I hope people are noticing that when they drive around the city. The investment in the median strips and the greening initiatives our city. You have not seen anything compared to what you'll see in the next few years, but this is an area where I think we've made a lot of progress. Great streets. Again, I talked about those trees and how many we planted. Uh, here's just in front of Kaiser. Um, out there on Geary Boulevard. If you saw that before, it was an ugly old fence, cyclone fence, and now it's a beautiful new median strip. You can see other areas, Alamany Boulevard, go all the way down Alamany. It's just amazing to see all the changes there. Uh, now it's about maintaining them. Uh, but again, real investment that's paying dividends and increases property values, slows down traffic, increases pedestrian safety. I don't make these things up. Uh, this is what these investments are doing as well as obviously helping uh, the environment. You can see uh, another initiative we're about to do. Go down Market Street in San Francisco. You see these ugly old uh, stop. Uh, well, these things that were supposed to deal uh, with traffic accidents so they didn't run into uh, the larger platforms, the muni platforms. And they're just basically rubber tires. They're old and ugly. There's all kinds of garbage inside. We want to get rid of them and put these new safety barriers uh, that are these uh, new mediums uh, that create these urban gardens. We're going to put this all up and down Market Street uh, into the new year, something I hope people look forward to. And I hope you've also noticed these gateways uh, coming in and out of the city they're not all where they need to be. I know that uh, they could be much better, uh, but they're at least a down payment on what can be done next in the next few years. Here's just some examples of these gateway investments. Uh, another investment is connecting the dots uh, in the southeast sector of our city in particular by creating a similar bay trail to the type we have down at Chrissyfield. We go to the Golden Gate Bridge, you go down, uh, walk down into the Marina District, you've got beautiful revitalized Chrissyfield. Well, they deserve the same thing we deserve as citizens of this great city, the same thing in the southeast sector of our city. The new parks bond we just passed, that $185 million parks bond earlier in this year, which is another triumph uh, for the year, and I couldn't be more proud of that, more on that in a minute, uh, included money for this blue greenway. 
Uh, Isabel Wade and the Neighborhood Parks Council, uh, Supervisor Sophie Maxwell and others have just done a magnificent job championing this and holding me and others accountable to doing more and do better. Uh, we've gone through this long planning process. Uh, we've already seen work done in Mission Bay Park, uh, which already a big portion of Mission Bay Park is uh, is done. You can see the photographs here. We're doing kayaking. We've got this great basketball courts and these volleyball courts right under a freeway overpass. But trust me, it's actually remarkably nice. We have this new lighting that goes and lights up the uh, underbelly of the freeway. And it's actually attractive, a new uh, version or a new vision of an urban park. Uh, but we also have been investing uh, in other parts of Mission Bay, so that will be done in 2009 in these expanded parks. Uh, Pier 43 Promenade is part of this. Uh, Brandon Street Wharf is part of this. Uh, again, this connecting basically from AT&T Park where the Giants play to Candlestick Park where the 49ers play and we hope continue to play for many, many years uh, in creating this narrative, this Bay Trail, this Blue Green Way. Here's other examples of uh, what it does look like in terms of its uh, the revitalization and what it uh, will look like in larger parts uh, as we expand it out. We've also done something to connect a different narrative in terms of quality. And you saw some of the quality here represented. Uh, this is beautiful landscaping. In the past, we've done some not very attractive landscaping. We now have this new landscaping ordinance that creates a what we call San Francisco standard. I stole this from Mayor Daly in Chicago. And we also stole his greening director, Astrid Hayarty, from Chicago. So she came in and she created a San Francisco standard. The board, planning commission, and others, uh, community groups have supported this standard. And it basically says the type of trees, uh, the type of look, the type of, um, uh, of, of organization principles. So that if you're going to build a parking lot, you can't build a parking lot out to the sidewalks without creating a setback that actually greens the space between the sidewalk and the parking lot. You actually have to do some basic work around gas stations and car washes, etc. cetera. Uh, there's stormwater guidelines, et cetera. It's a new thing we just got passed, something I'm very proud of, something that got no attention, uh, but I think deserves a little bit and something I'm proud of as it relates to the state of the city. I mentioned parks. I mentioned that $185 million parks bond. I'm also very proud that we've invested an historic amount in general fund capital into our parks. In the old days, we were investing about 10, 10 to $15 million a year uh, in parks. Now we're investing $30-plus million on an annual basis of general fund into our neighbor parks and recreation facilities. We've completed 90 parks. This is an amazing thing. Again, I, there needs to be some more recognition about this. With that park bond, the Prop A bond, the first one, that $110 million parks bond, which I was very proud to sponsored as a member of the Board of Supervisors, and then the new uh, parks bond, as I mentioned, the $185 million this year, uh, that will allow us to complete these parks. Again, this is part of the 90 that are done, and get these other 18 active parks complete. So this is a huge and historic investment in the neighbor parks and recreational facilities in our city. And that's, again, part of the state of the city that I, I'm very proud of and that I, I hope that people recognize uh, and are uh, supportive of. Another area is this Victory Garden. Uh, we decided to put a garden in front of City Hall. Uh, this was a garden that would have existed in uh, 1943. Uh, 
was a garden uh, not dissimilar to the one that was there uh, during World War II where we had victory gardens throughout the city and county of San Francisco, hundreds in fact in Golden Gate Park, a big one in front of Civic Center, harvesting the vegetables. Uh, in fact, 41% of the nation's vegetables were actually harvested in similar gardens uh, during World War II. We are bringing them back in the context of the next great challenge of our time, uh, and that is a planet at peril, not because of war per se, uh, though that's always at risk, uh, but the issue of the environment. And so we put it in front of civic City Hall, and now we've just taken it down, in fact, this week, uh, but now we want to extend 15 new neighborhood gardens uh, and take uh, people's backyards and front yards and take their planter boxes and take their roofs and convert it uh, into uh, areas to produce food and connect our, uh, urban, our urban and rural communities in a much different way, uh, which I'll mention in just a second. We've gone from three farmers markets to nine in the last few years, something that again doesn't get much attention. We remember we had the first farmers market in the state of California, Alamany. Uh, we're going to make some improvements down at the Alamany farmers market. We are establishing a new food policy uh, in the city uh, that uh, is something to look forward to in 2009. I don't want to. Um, I'll talk too much about it yet because we're still establishing the parameters of what that food policy will mean. But again, a greater connection to uh, our rural and suburban partners and the regional food shed uh, that is around us. Again, urban-rural uh, partnerships uh, that uh, we need to connect in terms of that greater food shed. Uh, another thing that we're focused on is cleaning up. Uh, sections of our city that have been polluted because of polluting power plants. We shut down the Candlestick, or rather the Bayview Hunters Point power plant near Candlestick, uh, which was shut down uh, uh, last year. Uh, we now have converted uh, a lot of the federal efforts into actual money that has gone into cleaning up that site in and around that power plant and that Bayview Hunters Point area. I think this deserves some attention. Uh, we have already generated some $340 million of federal money just in the last few years, look at this, to clean up the toxics uh, in the Bayview Hunters Point area, including $76.3 million this year. Just new federal money. Thank you, Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Thank you, Senator Dianne Feinstein. Thank you, Senator Boxer. Thank you for your effort. Thank you to our efforts uh, to lobby the federal government to get these dollars. This is real money, $340 million to clean up that shipyard that has come in. This is more money than we have seen in decades in the last few years. And something, it's one of, you asked me what I'm most proud of as mayor in the last four years, it's probably this slide in terms of that work that we all did together with, again, that leadership of those people that I just exampled that have actually generated real money to clean up those toxics and deal with the environmental injustice out there and the prostate and breast cancer rates and the asthma rates that are two to four times the state and federal average. This is, I think, disproportionate the reason why is the lack of investment in that cleanup. Now we're making it in historic ways. It's taking shape. And by the way, because of that, because of the closure of that power plant, uh, we've got this new Heron's Head Park living classroom, which is completely off the grid. It's the first building of its kind that's totally off the grid, the greenest of the green sustainable buildings that's ever been done. You can see just in this um, schematic the living roof, uh, there's other components of this. This thing will be done uh, very shortly. And again, it's an example of converting from an industrial economy to a green, more sustainable economy uh, as we shut down these power plants uh, and we move uh, in a different direction. The next big one is the Patrol. 
power plant, the last remaining polluting power plant in our city. Good people disagree on this. Uh, I would not like to see us replace this power plant with four smaller power plants. Some members of the Board of Supervisors disagree with me. I'm intensely opposed to putting more power plants, even if they're cleaner power plants in the city. Let's get out of the power plant business. Let's retrofit this in the interim and let's move forward to shutting it down permanently by advancing all of the previous slides and the initiatives in the previous slides. We can do that. Let's work together. I look forward to working with Supervisor Maxwell in particular uh, and the new board to get us there. Again, good people can disagree, but big mistake would be made by shutting this down only to build four new peaker plants in our city, three in the city, one at the airport. I don't think that's the right decision. We can do more and do better. Let's work together. Here's some of the key steps to do that, the retrofitting, and then we could shut down Unit 3 at Petrail. We can go into detail on this, but it's the direction I'd like to go, and it's the spirit of a year on the environment that I'm very, very proud of. As we move forward, though, into the new year, we want to elevate and raise the bar with the Civic Center. This is probably one of the most exciting plans uh, that I've been associated with as it relates to the environment since I've been in elected office. The idea of taking the entire Civic Center, connecting all of these buildings together. You can see solar on the top of City Hall. You can see solar on top of the War Memorial, on top of the library, the main, the Asian Art Museum, the state and federal buildings. Getting all of these buildings to connect together, a system to change environmental uh, 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 stewardship and paradigm. So we're not just dealing with a building in isolation, but a building whose wastewater is connected and stormwater is connected and cogeneration facilities are connected with one another. A system that includes a complete reimagination of activating a civic space as well. Uh, you can see some large screens for outdoor activities and showing movies during the evenings. You can see uh, the, the farmers markets and pulling them into the Civic Center area. You can see some other components, free Wi-Fi that will be part of it, the, the organic gardening, some nighttime activities, some cultural activities, all again to programmatically engage the space. Uh, here's a schematic of how the systems would work. Uh, we're talking about an 80% reduction in water use, 45% reduction in wastewater use, 35 plus percent increase in energy efficiency in the area. Uh, we would be an incubator space for new technologies, including this one, which is an actual wind turbine with a solar uh, site that's on top of the wind turbine itself. Uh, you can see water functions and features that would be part of this. Uh, and we would be shutting down the road right in front of the library and the Asian Art Museum as well. Again, re-envisioning this entire space, electric vehicle charging stations, et cetera. More on it later, but this is an exciting vision uh, and it's all about getting us to that next level. Final two points, adaptation. I think it was Darwin who said, it wasn't just the strongest that survive, and it's not just the smartest. It's those that are able to adapt the quickest that survive and thrive. The reality is we're surrounded by water on three sides in San Francisco. I don't know if we're going to do everything we need to do in this country, even with our new president, in time for things to go back to the way they were as it relates to climate uh, as it relates to ocean levels, as it relates to ice caps, as it relates to the air we breathe. We need to be focusing on adaptation, not just prevention. And San Francisco wants to lead the way in adaptation. Here's a horrific slide. This is the airport underwater. 
And this is the baseline expectations of water and sea level rise uh, in this uh, uh, in this region and what it would do uh, for the areas, uh, the lower areas around the bay. Uh, this is real life and we need to take it seriously. We need to start investing today in adaptation strategies and this is something you're going to hear a lot more about into the new year. Uh, again, quickly, uh, areas in the environment I think matter. Quality of life matters. Litter matters. We have a goal to reduce our litter on the city streets. I think it's an environmental issue. Uh, by 50% by 2012, the streets of San Francisco are still too dirty. I agree with you. But we made a lot of progress. In fact, we hired a third party that actually has shown last year an independent third party that analyzed the dirtiness of our streets that showed a reduction of 19% in terms of the garbage out on the city streets and sidewalks. It's not 100%, but it's 19%. It's a step in the right direction. You'll see the types of litter that are most problematic out there. We call them the dirty dozen. You got McDonald's wrappers everywhere, Marlboro, I guess the brand of choice for cigarette smokers. With respect, Starbucks, the ATM machine cards, um, Wells and Burger King, Taco Bell, Safeway. We're working with all those private sector partners to help reduce litter and waste and hold them a little bit more accountable and responsible to helping us do so. By the way, notice we're number 10, Muni, Muni transfers. We were higher on the list last year. We're lower on the list this year, but we still have to do better. We got to do our own job in terms of reducing amount of litter on our streets that we're responsible for. We've also focused <coughs> on these key streets. These are 200 blocks, 35 key corridors that we're doing saturation work seven days a week. We're doing long extended hours of cleaning, uh, graffiti removal and the like. This community corridors program has been a big success. We want to continue to move forward in this direction. Uh, graffiti, as I said, big part of that. We made a lot of progress this last year. It may not feel like it if you're out in portions of the Excelsior uh, in other parts of the mission, etc. But we have made a lot of progress on graffiti this last year. I want to thank Mohammed Nauru. I want to thank Ed Reeskin in the Department of Public Works. I want to thank our community partners on this task force, Supervisor Ellsburn and others that have been pushing us on this, uh, Supervisor Dufty. We're making some progress. We've removed 25,000 tags from public structures. We've got these new notices to hold private property owners accountable for cleaning up their own graffiti off their private partners, uh, off their own private buildings. We've got this new graffiti uh, reward fund that's part of it. And as I mentioned, this corridors program uh, is connected with this graffiti uh, program as well in this partnership. So that's the nutshell of what we're doing on the environment as it relates to graffiti and litter removal. Uh, we add that on to the environmental part of the plan. Uh, we're continuing to think outside the box, continue to try new things. We recognize we don't have all the answers, but we're willing to try new things, continue to lead the way. And I'm looking forward uh, to an even more exciting 2009.